Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Hey, good evening, Sports Day SA. David Wildey and Dan Menzel, all thanks to Just Quality Home Improvements. You want to get interactive, the open line's one 736 736 or text us on 0427154166. And a hot topic thanks to Nutrien Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. You can find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. Dan Menzel, welcome. How are you? I'm going well, Wilds. Uh, it's middle of the week and uh, got training tonight, so it's a little bit cooler, which is nice. It's been, we've had some hot weeks, haven't we? Beautiful day. Hey, some big news too and good news. Port Adelaide just, uh, just about signing up there. Entire side. Todd Marshall, a five year deal on the back of Rosie, I think, is he's contracted to 2032. Um, we saw Zach Butters sign on for a couple more years. Dan Houston's a long contract. So they're getting their, their pieces in place, the important players. They are locking them down. Yeah, no, they are. They're building a nice list in terms of we know their young core, their midfield superstars that they've got locked away, which is important. And there's some other periphery pieces around them, which is great. So Port Adelaide getting the job done off-field there in particular, which is really good. But, hey, we might get on to the cricket. The, not that many people knew, but the last game of the Australia-West Indies oh. T20 series was played last night and Australia did not win the game didn't turn up I, I I don't I think the care factor was nil there was no promotion from cricket Australia it was in Perth it was empty stadium uh, for the people that didn't know you're right West Indies at one stage three for 17 five for 79 they made 220 do you mind and Australia were very lackluster they had plenty of wickets left but didn't get anywhere near them in the end it was a real real strange game and you'd think that the um, the Perth Stadium would probably suit Australia more than West Indies. We wouldn't be used to that. Without a doubt, week. you would expect. I expected them to just roll on through. And as mentioned, they should not have made 220 for the loss of six. The West Indies after their 20 in in reply, Australia five for 183, lost by 37 runs. We're, we're never in the game, as you mentioned. With the bat, David Warner did make 81. He was the player of the series, which is a nice way to go out for him. Yeah, fantastic. I think he's going to play some. Um, T20s in New Zealand, but he he batted really well. Is it is it a case Dan of no Maxwell? If Maxwell doesn't fire, Australia don't fire T20. Because every time he makes runs, they win. When he doesn't, they tend to lose. Yeah, again, it's the top of the order is the most important part in T20s. And you mentioned David Warner last game in Australia last yep. night, and then he will go to the New Zealand series over there. But Look, Mitch Marsh has been pretty good in the T20 format, so he's either been opening the batting or coming in at number three. English is starting to do a job as well. I don't think it's it's Maxwell or Bust. Um, I'm not sure he will bat that often when he's coming in at number five for us. It, it depends on who you're playing, but he's been good in one of the other games. But um, I think at the top of the order, Marsh, Warner, whoever else they put in there, whether it be Steve Smith or someone else, that I'm definitely going to back them in that... We've won absolutely everything in the men's and women's game, to be honest. Uh, I think that we're okay, and it's more than just Glenn Maxwell and the T20 side for us. Yeah, I, I don't think they tried all that hard last night. They gave Aaron Hardy another go. He's a very good cricketer, very good, but Maxwell should have come in and, uh, you know. Because the West Indies made 220, yes, I think Maxwell probably should have come in at first drop and come in at three, and, and you never know, could have done something similar to what he did against Afghanistan in the World Cup. But, uh, yeah, not great for Australia last night, but, hey, some different fortunes for the Redbacks today. Yeah, and I, I want to say, too, and uh, I, I've never seen this, certainly in, in my lifetime, um, the keeper in a one-day game, 
took eight catches. Alex Carey only made 12 with a bat, but eight catches in. It's very rare. You often see keepers take five or six, but we discussed this before we came on air. To do it in a one-day game, most of the uh, one-day cricket, you're caught on the fence. You're caught on the mid-wicket fence. You're caught sky, skying a ball down to deep mid-off. But eight catches in a one-day game, what did they make? Two, and they made 200 too. Labuschagne, I think, was the... The, the high score there, but um, wow. Yeah, Labuschagne. Take a bow, Alex Carey. Labuschagne made 74 and uh, 218 bowled out for the Queensland Bulls off their 49.4 overs. But you're right, Alex Carey, eight catches. Has that been done before? It's only been done twice yeah. um, at what they call like a first class level, but I don't think it's ever been done in a one day game. And um, Buckingham took six weeks? Six for 41. Oh, man. Yeah, off 10 overs. He's got a bright future ahead of him. Henry Thornton bowled very well, too. Two for 20 off 10 overs. So, an economy rate of two. Very good bowling from Thornton. Buckingham, we mentioned. And then in reply, looked looked reasonably comfortable, but there were a few nervous moments for the Redbacks. Uh, Carey only made the 12, Winter made the 20, but McSweeney, he just good gets player. the job done again, doesn't he? 52. Thomas Kelly made 81 of 66 deliveries as the Redbacks chased it down with 35 balls remaining. So a good win there. They have struggled in the Marsh Cup this year. So it's good to see the Redbacks, with a few players out as well, get the job done against Queensland. We we spoke with Dizzy the other day. They still need to get, I think, a couple, I'd say two more class cricketers. We often get the guys that can't get a regular game in New South Wales. They've got a, you know, 25 that can fit into 11. So we get the, the guys that can't quite make that first 11. I don't know how they go about it, whether you can offer incentives these days. They've all got Australian contracts and um, shield contracts. But we ne- well, do, what do we? What do you think South Australia need to get back and, and win a shield final? Uh, McSweeney's been a great pickup. I, I like him. McAndrews had a very good year. But what, what else do they need? Another quality spinner? Oh, they, they could do with one in each line, to be honest. They need a, a quality batsman, a spinner. An opener. Uh, Buckingham is coming through too, but you're right. I think it's more so they need to find the likes of your McSweeney's. And you've mentioned that they go out and get players. Well, he came from Queensland, so that's one that they've found. He's been good, and but a lot, of, a lot of others haven't worked. You know, they come across. No, they haven't. And so the ideal is to develop and hear them here in South Australia. But then if they're good enough, they like your Travis Heads and your Alice Carries and you lose them. But it's going to be continue to recruit, try and find one or two here or there. But it's the top end talent that you mentioned. When you look at South Australia's list on paper to WA, it's uh, it's a completely different playing field at well, times. I'll put this to you then. Who's, who's the biggest star since Travis Head? And Travis Head's been playing for 10 years now, 10 or 11 years at uh, Shield level. He's what it, what's Travis just turned thirty. So, who's the next bright star? Oh, look, I'm struggling to really tell you one. The next bright star? I mean, there well, is coming after him, and you know we think, oh, he's going to play Test cricket, or he's good enough. Well, McSweeney's got good raps on him. Um, I like Buckingham, um, Buckingham, but um, yeah, no, there's there's nowhere near as many in South Australia. And I'm as, talking local, yeah, as other states, unfortunately. So that's just the reality of where we've been at for a long time. Um, hey, you're going to have Dizzy on in one week next Wednesday night. So oh, maybe brilliant. that is the question. Travis Head has been the man for a long time. Who have we got here locally that's going to take it over? Spencer Johnson is an example. He's yeah, from South could, Australia. Could be the one. And Brisbane Heat has been the opportunity. We lost him to the Brisbane Heat, and we now see him in the IPL for a lazy $1.7 million. Yeah. Hey, the other one, other game today, Victoria, the game's been in rain delay, but 
I think it's Tom Rogers made 196. So two records today in the in cricket in Australia. 196 in a, a 50 over game, I think, is the record. And and Alex Carey's eight catches. So yeah, I think uh, Rogers only scored 150 prior to his. They played on that North Shore Oval. Yeah, it's only a little ground. North like Sydney, a what a place! Yeah, that's where you want to bat. So yeah, there's there's plenty of cricket going on around the world at the moment. South Africa taking on New Zealand in the Test match over there. New Zealand currently leading one 0 in the series. South Africa made 242 in their first innings. They bowled New Zealand out for 211. So that is a test match that is could go either way over there in New Zealand. And uh, Australia takes on South Africa in the women's test match starting tomorrow at the WACA. So uh, it's good to see the women's test here in Australia after some good success against India and the Ashes as well. Yeah, the good news, once again, uh, Todd Marshall, five years. Only concern with Todd, he can't afford any more head knocks. He's had four or five concussions and... And Matthew Nix, a lot of uh, talk about, we've heard from both interstate uh, at Gary Lyons saying, why sign him up? Dwayne Russell made a comment. Doesn't matter, Daniel, as a player, would you, you wouldn't even know how many years your coach had, would you? Absolutely on, on, no <laughs> idea. I, unless, I mean, I did watch a lot of the Fox footy and a lot of the different shows, it footy classified, up. and so you do know, but a lot of players would have no idea whether their coach is contracted for six months uh, or six years. Um, if, if Nick's gets results, you know, halfway through the year and, and they're heading towards the eight, sure. Well, naturally it will happen. And that's and it'll, it's all results predicated. So we know that that will happen. You mentioned Todd Marshall. Well, he did get asked today about whether it was an easy option to re-sign with the power. Yeah, it was sort of a no-brainer, really. It sort of just, um, you know, happened naturally. And, yeah, I never really wanted to leave, so... Um, yeah, the club and my management group sort of had to work out the, the details of it, but um, yeah, there was never any thought in my mind of, of leaving this club and um, yeah, super happy to, to stay here for the rest of my career. I've got no doubt he'll be a better player when Charlie Dixon retires. Uh, Charlie gets in his way, he gets in Charlie's way. Uh, Charlie attracts, the, he's so big, he just attracts a lot of the balls down there, but Marshall played his best football. When, when the big fellow was injured. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting point. It's a little bit similar to Sydney and what we might see this year without Bud there. And we yes. know with Amadi and McLean and McDonald up there, the other, it's exciting for the power with Marshall re-signing. Down the other end of the ground, Sava Radigalea, well, he spoke to Bixon Walshy about making the move to the power. I felt like there was a bit more opportunity out here for me. Um, that's probably what I struggled with at the Cats. Uh, I was behind a couple of plays over there and, and yeah, there was of course there was a bit of a gap there here at Adelaide, and Ken was in my ear about that as well. So mate, there was it was a good opportunity for me, and I felt like if I needed to take my footy to another level, I'd have to make the move here. And it's been good this pre-season training with these boys, and I'm starting to feel like I fit in a little bit here, and um, we're gelling together. So that was Asava Radigalia speaking with Bix and Walshy. Now, I mentioned exciting wields with Todd Marshall re-signing and with Radigalia coming across for the power. It got us thinking, who or what are you most excited about for your side heading into this upcoming AFL season? So Port Adelaide and Crows here in South Australia, text us in on 0427 154 166 or give us a call on 1300 736 736. What are you most excited about this season for your club? Wills, what do you think? The Crows and Port Adelaide in particular... What yeah, excites you? I, I think for the Crows, it is the young ones. You know what the older ones can do? It's no good some excited for a Rory Laird or, or Dawson or Taylor Walker. They've been around for a long while now. But I do like 
I think it's time for Phil Thorpe. I think he's going to be a, yep. a gun. I know he's he's a slow burn, but he's he's six foot eight in the old. He, he can play. Uh, Rochelle, very confident young man. He's just got a bit of swagger. He knows he knows his game. I like him. And then you get a guy like Saligo, who just does the right things at the right time. And Michael Annie reminds you a little bit of a, a young Ben Hart going back a long while. So that that's more for me for for the Crows watching yep. the guys in their second, third. Fourth years. Oh, it's exciting for Crows fans. Oh, there's even a couple that you didn't mention. I think if you're a Crows fan, you're going to games and Dan Curtin's playing round one. I think that's almost as exciting as anything to go along and see how good this guy might be for a long time. And Isaac Rankin's the other one. His best and where that can start. get to um, is is why people come through the gates. If we move to Port Adelaide, uh, for mine, to be completely honest, with the likes of Jason Horn francis we know Rosie and Butters, what they did last year, it's seen whether Soldo or Sweet can be that very good ruckman in the competition. Don't need to be in the best three or four. Don't need to be Max Gorn or Ryan Marshall, but can play and be like your Darcy Cameron. If the, one of them can stand up and do that for the power with that elite young midfield, I think that's so exciting for the Port Adelaide this season. Yeah, we've got a meeting with Port next week. I'm going to ask Ken Hinckley too about someone like Ryan Burton was recruited as a centre-half forward from North Adelaide, smashed his knee up pretty badly. I, I think his days down back are, are numbered. He had a hit and miss year last year down there, but he's a sort of player, Dan, a bit like you. He's just a dead-eye dick when he gets the ball. If you could give him the ball five times inside 50, he'll kick your four goals. He's a beautiful kick, good skills. And I'd like to see perhaps him go to another position. We know Bergman's been able to play wing, half-back, um, even, a, even a little bit in the midfield. That That's, I think, for Port Adelaide. And, and obviously the recruits, you mentioned the... The Ruckman, but it'd be interesting to see how Radigalia goes. And I've still got reservations having Radigalia and Aaliyah playing on the last line if they're both on the. Because they've got the, um, the mentality of see ball, get ball. They all fly for the. They'll fly for the both. Both fly for the same ball, and they're not the best of kicks. And yeah, so I'm, I think the but jury's, maybe out. jury's they, out. Maybe that's why they want Ryan Burton back there because he is an elite kick and they need the guys like Dan Houston to get the ball in their hands. Other teams, potentially, if you're a Collingwood fan, I think it's probably Nick Dacos in full flight. Gold Coast, it's Dimmer and Dimmer's game style, what they're going to do up there. Sydney, if I'm a Sydney fan and I played at Sydney, it's what can Brady Grundy do for this yeah. group? They haven't had a number one ruck for a long time. Geelong, my other side, I really want to see Cam Guthrie get a good run on it this year. He played six games last season, and Tanner Bruins up to 49 games now. So, again, a lot of lot of exciting things out there for different teams. Whichever team you follow, what is the most exciting thing for you heading into this season? Just quickly, you mentioned Grundy. They had two other good pickups, didn't they? Sydney recruited well this year. Who yeah, the other they recruited two? really well. Tyler Adams across yeah. from Collingwood. Jordan has come from Melbourne. He's still only young, under 24 yeah, years well. of age. And Joel Hamlin's across from Fremantle as well. So they've... they've Added some good depth as well to their list. Just want to say before we go to a break, Port Adelaide don't lose too many players. They must have a a wonderful culture. We've seen Crows over the years lose a lot, and a lot like Dangerfield and uh, and uh, and the like. Jake Lever, a lot of gone. Just left them, Charlie Cameron, another yep. one. Yep. Port Adelaide, I think they lost uh, Nick Stevens about the only one. That... No, they've retained very well over recent memory. Wills, it's a really good point. Okay, coming up with the show. Uh, we got Michael Whiting, thanks to Lumo Energy, and also Tire Power, the hot summer sales are now. Get four for the price of three on Kumo tyres. Tire Power helping you drive safe this summer. The good stuff for Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. 
Uh, Kia, the Kia Epic has arrived, the all-electric seven-seater Kia EV9. And your calls and texts, all thanks to Just Quality Home Improvements. Dan Mentor and David Wildey, this is Sports Day SA. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Welcome back, David Wildey and Dan Menzel for Nutrien Ag Solutions. Open line number one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Going further for Australian farmers, you can find your local branch at nutrien.com.au. Shortly, the good stuff too. Get to the good stuff with budget car and truck rental. But Samuel Frank Fantasia, you've got a few texts coming through. Got a few texts. Excited to see my team, the Mighty Cats, in Gather Round. Hi, guys. As a Crows fan, excited to see fringe players like Gallant, Nankervis, and uh, Cook. Lucky Uh, Gallant. Yes. Uh, I'm excited by Miles Bergman. Uh, Would Todd be on four millions over five years like Blight at SEN? And happy uh, happy Valentine's Day, David Woody. Also, listeners, uh, Malcolm Blight's birthday tomorrow. Is that from Susie or someone? And we've also got Tom on the line who wants to chat about the Mighty Blues. Tom, Uh, hi. How are you going? Hey um, guys, yeah, Dan, yeah, and David. I haven't seen much of him. He got drafted. I reckon Connor got a good deal. He would have been top five, but he's in the bank. Is it Ashton Moore? And the other player, I know he's not on the list this year, but exciting for Campo's son. Ben, can you tell me a bit about both of them? Hold away, Ben, yeah. Uh, he's going to be on the list next year. Ashton Moyer, yeah, I think that's very exciting. Um, what he will bring to the Blues, again, I think the Blues are in a really nice position with their list building and some of these younger guys are going to get the opportunities and, yeah, he certainly can come in and play, maybe not round one, but early in the season. And they need a, I think Carlton need a, a key backman, Dan, another one to help out Weedering. Um They've got some good forwards, obviously, two really good forwards. The midfield's not too bad. Well, they're, they're big on Brady Camp and a couple others, so it will be. There's a few that could come yeah, through. Big, big body there, but yeah, they'll be around the mark at all. Now, the good stuff for budget oh. car and truck rental. Alex Carey, I've got to repeat it again, eight catches, only been done twice in, uh, in cricket history, never in a one-dayer. Eight catches. Uh, they made 218 in Queensland, and he took eight, and... Buckingham, I think five of the six were off his bowling. So, interesting stuff there. Eight catches is what well on to Alice Carey. I mean, the best glovesman going around in Australia, and there's no surprise that he's taken the eight catches. It, I'd still prefer 400, but eight yeah. catches is good going. What about 10 for? 10 for would be nice too, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd like a 10 for over eight catches as well, I reckon. Yes, and oh, Tom uh, Rogers, 196 made for Victoria today. Incredible innings. It was on a small ground, but. So two records, Australian cricket's one game where it never ceases to amaze. Always a record, I suppose. You play that much of it, and it goes over such a long time. But anyhow, that is uh, all the talk on cricket. Hey, we got Michael Whiting from AFL.com coming up shortly for Toolkit Depots. Members get the trade pricing sign up today. Lost in the wash. There'll be Dan Mensel for Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers. Uh, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Your calls and texts too. Always want to be interactive. If you want to talk to us, you can ring one three hundred seven three seven three six. That's the open line. And uh, also text us on 0427151166. Going to take a break shortly. Michael Whiting will join us.
Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Welcome back to Sport ASA. David Woody and Dan Mintz for Just Quality Home Improvements. Open line number 1300 736 736. The text line 0427 154166. Our experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. Well, Mensa, our next guest, we speak with him. I think he's Bloody's favourite uh, sports reporter anywhere. Michael Whiting from afl.com.au. Thanks to Mate. $20 off for five months with Mate Internet. Use a promo code SAVE20 with Made Internet. Michael, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Uh, how are you guys? I mean, it's very close to the season already, so I'm getting more excited. Yeah, we're excited. I think, I think we're, over, we're done with cricket. I think it's been going on and on and on, <laughs> and we're, we're looking forward to footy around the corner. Hey, exciting stuff, something different this year. The teams from New South Wales, the teams from Queensland, all participating in, in round one. And speaking to Dan earlier, we, we, round we think... Round zero. Uh, round zero, if you like, but... Um, we think all those teams really should make the top eight. Yeah, I haven't had to do my top eight yet, and thankful I'm pushing it uh, as late as I can. It's going to be a bit of a nightmare, I reckon. But you're right; those four teams, I think, I think I might have them in my all in my top eight. Gold Coast, obviously, the the most iffy out of that lot, not having proven themselves yet. But yeah, opening round, the two matches here in Queensland and two in. Sydney, the two in Queensland should be sold out. They're, yeah. I think Carlton and Brisbane are sold out and, and they're expecting, if they haven't already, they're very close to selling out Richmond and Gold Coast on the Saturday afternoon, of course. Damien Hardwick taking on the Tigers straight away. So loads of interest up here and um, both the clubs are really excited. And no break between pre-season matches and, and that opening round. So a little bit of a different start to the season for sure. Is there a different type of hype for the Gold Coast? Their draw looks good. I think men said yesterday they're playing the, the bottom sides. Should be clock up six games automatically almost. But um, what's the hype like around them? Uh, I believe they really have to make the eight. They've got the coach, they've got the talent, they've got the cattle. They can should win most of their home games. How do you see it? Yeah, they're like they're really excited. They're optimistic. So I spoke to the I spoke to Damien Hardwick today stuff that'll roll out on AFL.com in the next um, week or two. He's certainly not putting a cap. He's super excited. Of course he should be. He's a new coach and a proven coach that's come in with a with a list, but I think some of the talent on there has even surprised him. So there is no excuses for them anymore. A lot of that young core has played a lot of footy together now. While they're still 22, 23, 24 years old, a lot of them have played 70, 80, yeah. 100 games. So they're You'd think they're ready to take that leap. And I think Damien Hardwick's game plan, I'm excited to see it in action, but I think that will take advantage of their athletic attributes. They're super fit, they run, they're fast, they're fit. So I think his sort of ballistic dynamic game plan will suit them. And I do think they should jump up. And yeah, I'm with you. I think they should make the eight. Yeah, and I think, Michael, with, with them taking on Richmond in round zero and then Adelaide at home, it's a dream start for them. But at the same time, it does put some pressure on them. If Dimmer comes out and they go down to Richmond, his former club, and even to Adelaide, all of a sudden, it's the same old Gold Coast. It's, all right, well, we're just going to see a team that hasn't finished above 12th on the ladder. So it's almost, you could argue that the opening two games are as big for Gold Coast as they are any club in the competition this year. Yeah, bang on. I reckon you're right, men. Like, that first one, they'll be expected to win. Like, no doubt they'll be expected to beat Richmond. 
Adelaide probably a little bit more 50-50, but being on the coast, and they are pretty they are pretty tough to beat at Heritage Bank Stadium. They they will probably go into that as slight favourites, but they do have to hit the ground running, and they haven't done a lot of um, match simulation just yet or intra club work on heading down the coast tomorrow. They'll do three by 15 minutes tomorrow. Uh, and then they, they're straight into playing Brisbane in a practice match next week. So it comes around pretty quick. They've then got the Giants and then bang, straight into round one. So obviously a lot of education and a lot of new stuff for those players to learn. Completely different sort of style from Stewie Jew, who they've been under for, or who they were under for five or six years. And now they've got to implement this yeah, dynamic, ballistic sort of turnover type of game that Hardwick wants to implement. But yeah, those first two weeks are critical. They certainly are critical. Now, I want to touch on Brisbane. Obviously, lost the grand final to the Pies by four points last year. They look like, on paper, they're primed to go. However, if we look at the teams that lost the grand finals in recent history, the Swans struggled a little bit to bounce back. So did the Bulldogs. The Giants really struggled after losing it. We know the Crows did it as well against Richmond in 2017. It's It's been one that teams have struggled to actually come back off a grand final loss. Do you expect Brisbane to, as everyone is sort of saying, be in the top two teams? Or do you reckon that, yeah, maybe there could be a couple of hiccups? No, I think they should be in that top, putting themselves into that top four again. I think that's part of the ladder is still pretty congested. As we touched on at the top of the segment here, there's a lot of good teams this year. The, the Giants shouldn't get any worse. You know, Collingwood will be thereabouts again. Everyone expects Carlton to be there. Mm. Who knows if Melbourne, Port that Like, there's a lot of very good teams. Up Brisbane should be there. They don't have a lot of guys that you would project to drop off. Dane Zorko's the, the oldest guy, obviously, by quite a way. But after him, the next oldest guys are your Lockie Neal and Charlie Cameron and guys that you still think are the, the tail end of their prime. But the, the majority of their key personnel are 23 to 27 years old. Um, you know, Cam Rayner, Hugh McCluggage, Paris Andrews has only just turned 27. So you think that a number of those guys have still got a bit of growth in them. They're, they're quite healthy uh, as a list. And we'll get to this guy, I'm sure, but Tom Duday coming in. Will Ashcroft will come back midway through the season and, uh, you know, a couple of couple of new faces there to bring into an already strong team. Yeah, I, I agree. I like him. What about the Giants? So I just think they are cherry ripe, ready to go again. Um, they came from nowhere. They won everywhere last year. I like their coach. And if you go man for man and pound for pound talent-wise, they've got the, you know, the stars at the top, but just about everyone in that side can kick and, and mark and do the right thing. So... Yeah, they're going to be hard to beat. As I said, if you you play the yeah. Giants, you know you're going to be playing a pretty good side this year. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I like I said, I haven't sat down and done a ladder specifically, but I I think they're going to be right there. Like I I might almost have them in the grand final this year. Like they're they were obviously a point away from it last year. They were knocking on the door, and again they've had a they've had 12 months under Kingsley's game plan. You can't see how they're going to go backwards from that. They have got stars on every line. As you alluded to, they're a very good kicking team. They defend well. Uh, they can score. I just think they, they do tick all the boxes. And, yeah, I think they're going to be knocking right on the door of a premiership this season. So who do you like more than out of the Sydney sides? You're, you're big on the Giants. Are you, a lot of people are big on the yeah. Swans. Um, and clearly in a lot of people's top three, are you optimistic on them? I mean, we can't be in on everyone, but Sydney no, looks pretty primed. <laughs> Yeah, I do know Sydney's. Um, they're very, they're very good. I am higher on the Giants. I haven't sort of figured out exactly where I'll slot Sydney into a into a top eight. And of course, they 
went and recruited so well and you'd expect Grundy to add something to that team and Taylor Adams, you know, they recruited uh, very well. So, uh, I, but I'm so high on the Giants. I, I do have them sort of in that top two, top three vicinity. And But yeah, the Swans, are, you know, they've got players on the rise as well. Michael Whiting, AFL. To go. Yeah. Michael Whiting, AFL.com.au, thanks to mate. And where do you have the Adelaide sides? This is interesting. Porter been up for a long while. They've got three or four guys that have, you know, haven't been regulars in other teams, although we'll stiffen up their, their back line and you know, Ivan Soldo, the Ruckman. And Adelaide played as exciting footy as anyone and probably scored as well as anyone last year. How, how do you see the two Adelaide teams? Well, you just you feel like my sense is Adelaide should get into the eight. But as you've said, like, we can't shove everyone in there. I think they will get into the eight, though. Um, they were just so... Obviously, they have so many... You know, heartbreaking losses, so many tight losses. We know the one against the Swans that ultimately probably cost them a spot. But I watched them play at the Gabba and they went within a kick of beating and probably should have beaten Brisbane late in the season. They wasted a few chances in the last quarter. They had so many opportunities and you would think that they would learn from that and maybe execute better later in matches this season. So you think they step up, potentially a question mark around that key defensive area again. Same as Port Adelaide. I think Port, I, I am a bit of a wait and see on them. I, I think there's no, with such a stacked midfield, you think they're going to be in every contest. But just those interested to see how those recruits come in and um, stiffen up that key defence. Like, it looks good the fact that Radigalier's come in, the Thatcher's come in, and they have made an effort to address those that part of the ground. But I think I want to see it in person before I fully commit to, to how much higher they can climb. Michael, you're based up in Queensland. The AFL must be absolutely wrapped with the health of the game at the moment up in Queensland. We know that the Brisbane Lions AFLW side won the grand final. The women's game up there is flying. Gold Coast look like they're about to jump up. And uh, the Brisbane Lions, and not just their performances, but their attendances last year was very good at the Gabba. So the AFL must be really pleased with where Brisbane, Gold Coast and Queensland footy is at, which maybe seven or eight years ago was not quite the case. Oh, absolutely. It's been a great turnaround. The, the health of the game in general, not just at the, at the elite level, the AFL and the AFLW level is thriving um, this people probably glaze over a bit when they listen to participation numbers, but it is a big deal in in Queensland, it particularly is. southeast Queensland, and they are they're booming. And I think you can see that people love to follow winners. There's no doubt about that. And the Lions having a successful past four or five years has certainly helped. But I think there was six or seven sellouts at the Gabba last year. They'll start with one in round one this year. Yeah. They'll then pack out against Collingwood a couple of weeks later as well. And the Suns. There is a market on that Gold Coast just waiting to be captured. And if the Suns can climb a bit this year, uh, there's a ton of support there. They want an excuse to come along and, and cheer on the Gold Coast Suns. So, yeah, it's very exciting. And like you said, a long way from where it was, even as soon as four or five years ago. Hey, Michael, what do you think about the school of thought being pushed around, don't have any pre-season games and maybe play one or two more in the season proper? I like it. I think it adds mystery. You don't see anyone play before it. And I think the players would prefer to play something for real rather than against themselves or, or just a scratch match. You, you think one day we might see that? Yeah, potentially. I'm with, I'm, I'm, tell you, I'm certain the players would like it. Anyone that I've bumped into, well, certainly from the clubs up here, not that it's the first thing you ask them, but a couple have sort of said, hey, I'd be happy to play You know, a couple of weeks sooner. They're getting the chance to play one week earlier. 
this year because of opening round and I think they'd be happy to play even earlier again. As it is, we're going in with, you know, two two pre-season matches and the first one, to be honest, the first one up here next week is a bit Mickey Mouse. You've got a few quarters of the senior team, a few quarters of the reserve teams yep. playing each other. So I, I do. I, I reckon there's a there's a chance maybe an extra round or two. It probably doesn't help the integrity of the draw anymore, but... Yeah, I think the more matches that count for something, the better. Michael, we talked about the rule changes or rule tweaks to this upcoming season. The five uh, players named on the interchange bench and then an hour before the game, one of them will become the substitute. Your thoughts on that and the impact that will have, I guess, in society, but also amongst the clubs? Oh, I just, <laughs> I, I don't know, selfishly, and it's probably very short-sighted. I just wish they'd just na- name the sub. I think Agreed. a lot of clubs would probably be happy just to name it, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think There's so. There's so much mystery around it. It's I can't see how it helps the players. It doesn't help the club. It doesn't help the fans. Fantasy footy, which I'm not involved in, but I understand it's a bit of a, a bit of a headache. For that will be playing. a huge headache for that for AFL fantasy. Yeah. There will be a lot of disappointing coaches in that. And just difficult. We saw the troubles that we had last year when clubs wanted to give a a senior player arrest and make him a substitute, but they couldn't announce it on the Thursday night and selected net. It just becomes a bit messy. Just pick it on Thursday night. Tell us who the sub's going to be and get on with it. Yeah, Dan and I are going to look at the concussion shortly, but my, I think a school of thought, uh, you may have to one day, if you're a young lad playing, given the fact that we know what's happening ahead uh, down the track, you might have to sign a waiver. And I reckon part of the, the pay of every player should go into pool. And if you do get affected down the, you know, when your career is finished, Michael, um, there's a pool of money which you can access. And uh, a bit like insurance. I mean, some some jobs you have to pay a fair bit of insurance to to even have that job. How do you see that? Yeah, I hadn't hadn't thought of it that way. but It's a a good idea. It's almost like a a sinking fund or a bit of insurance. And um, that makes sense because we obviously, this space is continually evolving, isn't it? We know a lot more now than we did two years ago. We're probably going to know a lot more in another two years than we do right now so having a little safety net there financially is not going to solve everything but that's a really good idea uh, Michael thanks for your time mate I, I think it's such exciting time for particularly the teams in Queensland we do like the Giants and Swans as well and uh, bring on the footy as I said the cricket we saw Aussies get done last night they didn't seem to care I think none of us do care either and we're looking <laughs> for the football mate we'll speak with you throughout the year can't wait anytime, fellas. Good Thanks, Michael. Michael Whiting for AFL.com knows everything that's happening up in football. In fact, football overall. Can we continue on, Dan, with uh, this concussion? Um, even for Lost in the Wash, thanks to Toolkit Depot, become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. You and I have spoken about this off air about concussion. It's the biggest thing happening in football. I'd like to see um, a pool. Uh, the players are getting average wage now 450000 maybe 5 or 10% of every player goes into a fund. And I'm not talking if you've got a sore back or a... Um, I mean, even yourself with so many knee reconstructions, I think that could go towards someone like you that's that suffered for many a year. But the big one is the head. And I, they, they're going to have to solve it some. Otherwise, it could bring the, the game to its knees. If you get sewing, and we're watching players come out of the woodwork now that, you know, from 20, 30 years ago saying, hang on, I've got headaches. There's even been lawyers trying to recruit players to take class action which I think is wrong. But I think that's an answer, a solution. If, if they set up a pool for the guys that need it, 
and can help with their care, day-to-day care, because, I mean, some of the guys have heads of that bad, they don't even know where they are. So. Without a doubt, I, I really like your idea. I'm just going to tweak it a little bit and say it shouldn't be the AFL players funding it, it should be the AFL funding it. They make that much money off of the AFL players and off of participation around Australia and uh, marketing, sponsorship, everything else that... What I will say here, Wilds, is the AFL would much more prefer to pay for players to recover and deal with their life through concussion than to be going through these lawsuits oh, exactly. and being paying all this money. So I think the AFL are the ones who actually should be paying it, and that, and that's how it should work. So what are you looking at? What do you reckon? Twenty million bucks a year? I mean, they're making that much money. They yep. could put that into a fund. It'd be earned, like a superannuation. Yep. It'd be ticking over. And you'd have to have a doctor really be signing up. I mean, you can't access that willy-nilly unless it's all signed off. You need to get the parameters right because the issue, again, we're going to have is you mentioned me with my knee issues and knee reconstructions. Well, then who... Who makes the decision as to, no, you've had four, but you haven't had five, and that's where we're, the actual market is that where you can get some money or accessible money. What's that? You've, you've broken your back, but you're still okay. You can still play, yet this guy's got a slight tweak in his back, but he can't actually play footy anymore, so who gets the money? That's where it's yeah. a bit more challenging. The concussion stuff is probably a little bit more obvious because if you're having ongoing symptoms and doctors are diagnosing it and that will happen down the track, then... Johnny Platten, the perfect example. Yep. You can tell that there's and that the things are slowly going with John. He knows that. And, yep. uh, and But just on your knee, I know in the fire brigade and I spent 35 years in there, I ruptured a disc in my back and they've got a policy like uh, where you... So I, they said I suffered 15% disability because yep. the disc is basically replaced by they put some other stuff in there. You would have... Your knee is not 100%, no way, even though you've been you yeah. know, good enough to be yeah. able to play again. Yeah. But is there a, is there a, a clause or is a there pool? compensation yeah. for if they assessed your knee as maybe only being 70% from a no, normal the, knee? The way it currently is set up or was set up when I was sort of finishing up was you have to be in a position where you can no longer play sport or play so football. So fin- it finishes Finish. you. Yeah. So uh, I remember having a chat with a, a teammate about this and he was like, do I, de- do I actually decide not to play footy again and, and I'll get the compensation and get paid out quite well or do I want to play it for another few years? You love the game too much. Well, and again, in my, in my case... Um, I'm still able to run and play. So even if they diagnose me, they'd say, no, we're not giving you compensation because you can go and do it. You're choosing not to. But other players who have had similar sort of um, situations, that it, it is it, it means that you can never play a game again. So that's where it's different to what you're talking about where you are at 70% because a lot of guys are going to have debilitating things the rest of their life. They'll have to have surgeries mm. and whatnot. Um, that's where it is the parameters around it need to be a bit clearer. What if we uh, go halfway there? Feel put in the the bulk of the money, and yep. the players put in mate. Let's say two percent. So you're you're helping your mates basically. Yep. You, don't, you don't want it. You never want to claim on that. Yeah. So you but you're helping mates that have been hurt. Now you're talking words. I think when you go to the players, as any when you've got unions against each other, effectively, if you go to one group and you go to the players and go, hey, we're going to get these guys to put in a lot of money. You've got to as well. They'll say yes to that. It's when you go, okay, you're putting in the money and they're not putting in a thing, but they're going to take everything when it comes to your intellectual property. They're going to promote. You're going to promote the game for them. That's where the players will uh, definitely. I've been. I've been part of the uh, players' association. I know that they will definitely fight back against that. I still ring. You need some money for those knees. Oh, take it, Will. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, while you get the, the a couple of grabs ready, I just want to read this uh, quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Uh, be alert. Prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service. Now, just visit cfs.com 
sa.gov.au. The community update is thanks to the new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high risk fire conditions available. Bunnings Warehouse sounds really good, that. It do, certainly does. Now, we spoke about off the top of the show, Wilds. What are you most excited about for your side heading into the season this year? Now, Crows and Port fans out there, we touched on that a little bit. And there is plenty of things, but if you can nail one on the head, what are you most optimistic or excited about? Well, a couple of things that, uh, from Crows and Port's standpoint, we might have a listen to Matt Crouch on, I guess, adding more players into the midfield mix for the Crows this season. In this pre-season, there's been a lot of guys that have, that have trained throughout the midfield and spoke about Joshua Charlie and I think Isaac Rankin's done a bit of centre-bounce work as well. I think you'll probably see a fair bit of them guys in there as well. So another guy's Jake Saligo who had a, had a great year as well last year and has developed really nicely. So I think you'll see a few of them guys uh, go through the midfield this year. That is exciting to hear, Matt Crouch. They need it, don't that. they need a couple more? That, they certainly do. And again, we mentioned off the top, Rankin and Rochelle, if you're a Crows fan, they are at the top of, they're on the top of your tongue when it comes to what you're most excited about this year because just the natural progression and development there. Uh, but it's good to hear that they are training through there too because you could easily say these two guys are going to be star forwards and could be all Australian forwards ranking easily next year and maybe Rochelle a year or two down the track, but they're going to, Going to put him in there as well. Which... So you put in Pedlin and Saligo more time there too? A couple more from there? Well, he mentioned Saligo, which I think everyone expects that to happen. But yeah, I think you'll see the likes of Pedler and other guys just rotate through there. The teams that win the flags have seven, eight, nine that yes. go through the midfields. And yep. it is so important to do that. And so that is exciting for the Crows. There's a few others we mentioned off the top of the show. With Port Adelaide, well, again, if you think about their young core of midfielders, and that's that's probably the most exciting thing for Port Adelaide. We mentioned the new rucks coming in. Jason Horn francis what can he be? What can he do in the future? Well, he had a chat about his body and his pre-season when he was chatting with Kimbo on the Rich. Yeah, no, body's all good. Um, calves are calves are going along nicely. Um, you know, everything tracked along really well, and they're they're all good now. So um, that's good. And you know, my my back from last year's all good now. Um, so you know, going along really well and um, running out full sessions on the track. So you know, I can't be happier with the way the way that I've started. Oh, he's he's going to be a gun. So to add to that, are we looking at a a power pepper? Are we looking at Ollie Wines playing predominantly back in that midfield like you said last night? Yeah. But who else? They need a couple. they got three absolute stars, but they still need a couple to fill the Houston maybe a, just a squirt on the ball? Yeah, no, the, you're right. They, they do have the stars. Power Pepper will go through there. Um, I mean, who else do they look to rotate through there? Wines will be inside. Willem Drew, we know. Probably, Tra- probably not anymore. Not as much. Does Sin come on a little bit more? Yeah. He's, he's another one. So... They've got a few options, but they do have to put some time into them. We've seen Jack O'Mee play a few games, but they've got to get some of these younger guys definitely to develop with the other absolute superstar young talent that they have at this footy club. And again, if you're a Port fan and you hear that from Jason Horn Francis, you're pretty excited and optimistic about his year. And it's almost it's almost the one reason you're going to go to watch the power play and this he, year. And he's been breaking out of packs and people hanging off him, one or two. He's that powerful, isn't he? That's why I said he reminds me of a, a young Dangerfield. And, and Buckley had that core strength too, where he could just drag him out and explosive in the first few steps. Without a doubt, his explosion and power. And then when you add that class to it, particularly as he develops more and, and gets more time in through the midfield and maturity at AFL level. Um, but the other point on that that I mentioned off the top, 
wields around Soldo and Sweet. I think the Port fans, they are going, if one of these guys can stand up and be a good number one ruckman, don't even have to be one of the better ruckmans in the comp, but a Darcy Cameron from Collingwood, if one of those guys can do that with that young core, then that is very exciting for the power. Now, interesting show today. We sort of talked at the top too about Alex Carey, eight catches. I said, look, I liken that to 400 or 10 wickets. It's only happened twice before in the history of the game. And the thing that makes it so different, I think, Dan, is the fact that it happened in a one-day game where normally batsmen are out slog caught on the boundary, but I don't know what was in the wicket. Buckingham, I think six, five, six, or six were catches, weren't yep. they? It's a good shout. The one-day format, you wouldn't expect to see it as much. You maybe breeze through them in a Sheffield Chill game, and, and I'm still surprised there hasn't been nine or ten catches taken by a keeper in, in, in one game yet. But I think, um, I think I agree with you, though. It's harder to make 400 than take eight oh, catches. Oh, without a doubt. You'd be, very, you'd be happier with 400 than eight catches, I reckon. Exactly. Mate, enjoyed the show as always, and the good thing, we're back tomorrow between uh, six and seven. Uh, plenty more guests, plenty more talking about sport. If you're sport Sports want. If you're sports you want, just listen to Sports Day Say. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts, and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.